Greetings, Alchemist. Welcome back to the film Alchemist podcast, the show where we break apart the movies we love to discover what gives them their magic. This is a new segment we haven't done before. Not joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Andino. Joined for the first time on the segment we're calling Double Feature by one of my oldest friends, Sam Price. How you doing, Sam? Hey, what's going on, dude? Nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'm excited. So the idea behind this new thing we're doing is we're trying to make Friday night double feature ideas. (laughs) So I hit up Sam, of course, for the first one. Me and Sam have done a a lot of podcasts together. We used to be on a show called Booze Buddies. Yep. Hopefully none of you have ever heard. (laughs) Hope not. (laughs) I've tried to scrounge. Yeah, we tried to scrounge (laughs) the the memory of that one from the internet, but we'll see. Uh, So yeah, so I hit up Sam. And Sam, for any of you who know Sam, is a fantasy man. So we picked, or you picked, you picked two movies. Would you like to introduce the movies you picked? Uh, yeah, the first one I uh, was thinking of was this movie called Crawl, which I know a lot of people have, uh, it's kind of like a cult classic, that either you've heard of it and loved it when you were a kid, or it just looks weird. You see it at the video store and there's it just looks, <laughs> it's got a weird cover, right? It was definitely always my experience, because it's one of those just based on like being a nerd or whatever you're surrounded by people who like crawl yeah but you never but saw I never, it right? yeah i never saw it like i was shocked actually both the movies you picked i had never seen yeah which was kind of a cool experience for me mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah i looked at crawl and it's one of those i've seen the cover a million times and you're like oh i guess i have to watch that because i'm a nerd yeah but just never did like i dodged it my whole life me and you were even roommates for many years and i never saw well, it it was one of those and, things uh, it it lived up to my non-existent hype big time <laughs> oh you had a non-existent hype see i think a lot of people i i assumed there was a reason that i had skirted it yeah let's put it that way <laughs> it is kind of strange that you never saw it. it seems like a movie you would have seen you know well now up. i saw it and i'm like yeah it's right up my alley i yeah. can't believe i missed it uh and secondly you chose lady hawk yeah, lady hawk <laughs> with my my favorite actor of all time rucker matthew broderick <laughs> yeah rucker Hauer. <laughs> okay i had to be clear uh yeah this one is actually funny i had never even heard of lady hawk yeah uh so i don't know how i missed this one this is a really weird one too because it's it's richard donner yeah kind of right at the height of his powers literally the same all all of these people are at the height of their powers it's the same exact year he directed goonies so yeah it's a weird one for him to do so i'm excited to talk about both but this one, the first feature up in our, our double feature is Kroll. So we're going to stick with Kroll. This is a 1983. IMDb has this at a very generous 6.1. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, a crushing 33%. Yes, yeah, see, I, I didn't understand that because it said 51% and then 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I didn't know which one was. And I don't even know what those numbers mean. Like, what's good? What's a good well, it's number? Well, probably... 33 is the critic score 50 whatever is probably what the audience likes so only 50 percent of the people or li- maybe like maybe all of our fans heard me hyping the show they went to watch it and started shitting on it immediately <laughs> <laughs> i think people who listen to this show will like kroll though um yeah the first thing i was impressed by it starts off with a spaceship that looks exactly like a mountain it, right that lands on this planet yeah and then it has everyone's but this this is the weird thing there's no reason for the space slash sci-fi element in this movie to exist at all. <laughs> there's there's well, no reason for it. It's it, I, I think it's only I think it was because they pitched it as, 
hey, it could be kind of like Star Wars, right? That's the only reason for the space element to exist. This is a straight up old old world fantasy story that just happens to have a mountain that's a spaceship rather than just a magical teleporting mountain and lasers. That's essentially the only science fiction-y elements in the whole movie. Well, no, there's there's quite a few. Like it having it be <laughs> What do you got? Well, other than the fact that they all look like humans, they live in a, a different world. I guess you could just say it's a different world and it's not Earth. But it's still, Yeah, to me it's a, it's old fantasy. But the, right? Like this is like a classic D&D adventure. Well, but the movie starts off with uh the prophecy that this lady is going to have a baby that rules the galaxy. And if it's just one planet... Right, but if you, if you just took that, instead of rule the galaxy, it's rule the Shire. This is a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, do you think this exists? If Star Wars was not an enormous hit, do you think Kroll exists, period, or has this sci-fi element at all? Uh, it probably wouldn't exist, period, I would guess. Yeah. Well, I was just like... The mountain seems like the least aerodynamic version of a spaceship that I could imagine. <laughs> but the inside of it was like, cool. No, <laughs> oh, oh my god, the sets in this movie are fucking yeah. stunningly cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it though, because I was laughing. I was like, "Why the fuck did they add the sci-fi?" And I kept waiting for it through the end of the movie. And by the end of the movie, I'm like, "Why the lasers?" But there yeah. is something cool about that wedding assault where everyone's firing the lasers. I kind of like the idea of getting off a spaceship and then having to travel by horse again. It keeps the space <laughs> and also, travelers yeah, where did earnest. They, get, they, they just had horse. And also, how come, how come <laughs> they're their killing lasers... killing villages. Their lasers only shoot one time and then their swords. You notice that? There's like a... There's like that's a, right. If you look closely, there's a little rocket on the end of the sword, and it shoots off, and that's what the laser is, and then it flips around. So they all have one bullet, basically, but they've conquered, they've conquered the galaxy. That's all you need when you're <laughs> fighting savages who are still using swords. Yeah. No, I thought maybe it's every time they killed one of the wedding guests and fed their staff's blood. Maybe that's what became the I think laser. It, yeah, like recharge or something. But also, how come that kingdom only had three guards? <laughs> you notice that? They had the... They had three guards. In general, they had the huge ornate door, and they must have been like, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can enough. get through this door. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a professional... I mean, I, essentially, they're locusts, right? It says they travel from planet to planet, destroy everything, take what they want. And then get, so they get off their spaceship, they get on horses, they go to this wedding. So we're introduced to these characters. Yeah. A prince and a princess, right? That are going to get married. Colwyn and Lissa. So that they can have a bigger army to fight these aliens called Slayers. Yeah. And it seems like an odd plan. It's like, why not just fight them and then worry about the wedding later? Like, maybe you should be preparing your defenses rather yeah. than bouquets. <laughs> that, was, that was actually one of my comments was the, the guy from the other kingdom, Colwyn's father or whatever, shows up and he's like, we lost 300 men and they have like five dudes left. I'm like, did you guys just, did you lose your entire army just to come get married? And like, It's all, that's the thing. It's all a racket, right? Yeah. And also he's like, like, we got no one left. You got to sell that dick. Yeah. We got to expand and this kingdom. What are they actually ruling? Because there aren't that many people there. At all. Well, that's what I thought about. I was like, oh, man, what if this... There's a moment in the film, and I'm like, what if this lady's black widowing this dude? What does that mean? Right? Because there's a moment when, when she even said... I can't remember who tells her. But essentially, someone says to her... I think it was her father, right? Warriors make terrible husbands. Yeah. What if she knew that? She marries a warrior prince, knowing he's about to go off and get killed, but yet then she still has the double kingdom. Makes her a very smart and more powerful character. I like that under wrinkle. Yeah. <laughs> like angelina jolie yeah like i'd like to cut to the room where she has like the skeletons of all the other 
Mystic Princes. <laughs> right. And she just has all these sons that didn't live up to the hype, and they aren't rulers of the galaxy. Oh, maybe those are the five guards. <laughs> <That's what they're... laughs> if you're not a good enough, you're not a good enough king material. You you become a guard. Plus, how... yeah, I don't know. I mean, I thought this movie starts really cool, right? Because I like them getting on horses. The Slayers look awesome. Yeah, I love when the Slayers get off the horses and then Spider Man up the wall. Yeah, like that's not discussed again. It's just like a cool thing they can do. They raid this wedding ceremony, start murdering everyone, right? And the prince is left under. The other thing that immediately caught me off guard in this movie is how it has one of the all-time greatest scores of any movie I've ever watched. Well, Right? So th- this is a James Horner score. Yeah. And it is just fucking high, soaring, epic, grandiose fantasy score yep. the whole time. Like, there are scenes in the movie I literally kind of just forgot what I was watching. I was just so in tune with that music. It's an incredible score for what is kind of a a cheesy niche film. <laughs> well, I think uh, the dude got him when he was a young composer, so he got a, he got kind of lucky with him. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things you're just I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be go, like going to a Hooters and being like, <laughs> like I can't remember what he had. Do- I think he'd done Wrath of Khan before this, and that was it, right? Something like that. Yes, I mean he he was early on, but yeah. So to me, it reminded me. Of the analogy, right? Like going into a Hooters and being like, Stephen Hawking, why are you working here? <laughs> like so oh, hey, fucking dude. overutilized. For <laughs> well, this if Stephen Hawking wasn't uh, paraplegic, maybe. But what is? what would you be doing at the Hooters, dude? Oh, my God. You know what? Actually, now that I made that analogy, I kind of just want to see the, the follow-up <laughs> movie, right? Get Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. And it's like, this is Stephen Hawking's like escape from the, the ponderances of the universe. He's just a Hooters waitress. Or he's just not good at science <laughs> in this reality. That's how he blows the steam off. Yeah. Or he comes up with his first book and he's like, I don't have anything left. I'm a one-hit wonder. Just slinging it at uh, Hooters. It is weird. Didn't uh, Stephen Hawking's like divorce his wife or something? That's balls. That's balls, dude. Did he really? I think he did. He he's like, I can do wife. better. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't even know what to do with that, but I'm glad we got I didn't to. <laughs> I didn't see the movie, but you know. Anyways. Uh Oh man. Yeah, so uh let's see, what do we have here? We have the wedding siege and then Okay, so this is the thing that I was confused about. All right. What is the old guy's powers in this world, right? The old man who comes down, they call him the old, right? They call Something him the old. Yeah, Yinier the old. Yeah. What is his deal? Because that when that, the Cyclops even mentions at one point when I knew the old man had come down from the hill, I knew I had to join the fight. Yeah. What has this dude been doing? Well, he's just really old. He's like a sage. Like, you know how they run into the sage later? He's also like a sage. Or no, the seer. Is, Never mind. He, well, he seems like a cleric, right? Because he's healing everyone. Well, he knows a lot about everything because he's so old, you know? Right. So I was like, I get it. He's kind of the classic old mentor. But I was like, did I but, miss something? Does he have some kind of like great power that I'm confused I feel like about? he's kind of supposed to be like the Gandalf character in this story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly right. And, uh, well, he's got that awesome like old man, like stern voice when he's like, I came for a king and found a boy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, damn. He just guilted him into getting up and leaving his dead family behind and going on a quest. That's really impressive. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> it actually all worked. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but, uh,. <laughs> Um, but shit, what was I going to say? He, so yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that he's a cleric because this movie was rumored to be the original Dungeons and Dragons movie and, uh, it had an alternate title called Dragons of Crawl. Did it really? Yeah. So like, if, but see, that's what I mean. If you, this is when, it seems okay, like so a that D&D was going to be yeah. the movie and then they're like, wait, but we got to sell it to the Star Wars yeah. generation. So the magic, <laughs> magic became lasers and stuff. 
But there's well, yeah, because they even have like they kill one of the guys, and the alien revealed inside. This is one of the cooler things they do, right? When they kill one of the slayers, yeah, a fucking worm crawls out mm-hmm. and like burrows into the earth. I was like, God, that's fucking awesome. But again, not very science fictiony to me, right? <laughs> well, unless I don't know, I guess it's an alien. Yeah, it's an alien. Yeah, that's what a Dalek is, I guess. But yeah, I mean, to me, this is why I was writing down. I was like, all right, so we have the old mentor. We have the beast, right? The epic beast that lives in the Black Fortress, which is a mountain. It's the beast called the, the beast. worm guard. Yeah. yeah, we have to go find the glaive. I'm like, why add the sci-fi? This is fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, fantasy. We have Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, this is a great moment, right? Wait, this is ben- like the James Horner saving everyone. Benedict Cumberbatch was in there. Quit. <laughs> the prince looks like uh, blonde Benedict Cumberbatch to me. Oh, okay. I was confused. <laughs> I just kept looking. I was like, what is Benedict doing? But I. <laughs> So, yeah, I love the scene when he's, like, it's the most boring scene in the history of movies made acceptable by the James Horner score, right? When he's climbing the mountain. Dude, it's so long. That's such it's a so long, long scene. I was like, God, they're just like, dude, we got to hit minutes. Like, keep rolling. Well, it's not even <laughs> like they needed minutes because the movie's two hours long. They could have cut half of that That's up. true. But, but it doesn't even feel like there's nothing treacherous about it, except for there's kind of a scene where rocks are avalanching down. But he just kind of lays on his stomach for 10 seconds and then gets back up. Uh, well, actually, one thing I was looking into, some theories about this movie, and a lot of it seems to be based on, uh, or like tries to resemble like uh, Greek mythology. And so like the spider, the the widow in the web is very reminiscent of Greek mythology. And then him climbing this mountain is supposed to be, I forget which myth it was based off of, but it's supposed to correlate to like the the mountain of... No return. I don't know. But anyways, a lot of it correlates to, like, mythology. So I feel like right. they left these scenes. They have scenes a Cyclops. That makes and sense. And Cyclops, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I think that had to do something with that, but I didn't uh, – it was just really kind of long and drawn out. What's well, crazy because it's this very long scene, but then you're like, the score's so fucking good, it becomes kind of epic. And I'm like – Even though it's – it's not like cliffhanger climbing. It's like a pretty easy jaunt, it looks like. <laughs> well, and then he just enters a cave, and it's kind of dark, and he's like – Oh shit! Look, there's the thing in lava. I'll reach into reaches it. <laughs> his hand in lava and gets the. I'm like, oh shit! We already did the quest. I'm like, this is like the Cliff Notes Lord of the Rings in reverse. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, it's weird. And also the weapon. I'm not a huge. When I was young, like I thought you don't like the glaive. I don't. I think it's a useless weapon, honestly. Okay, see, my problem is that they didn't use it until the end of the movie. I'm like, you could have used this thing ten times throughout. Like, yeah. a Hunter was obsessed with the glaive. My three-year-old watched this with I me. think kids like it, yeah. And he was just like, I want the glaive. Can we look up glaive toys? I want a glaive. Oh, the glaive is cool. He loved that shit. Yeah. The problem to me is that it's it's the start of our epic quest, right, is that we need to go get the glaive. We don't know if you'll even be worthy to, to handle the glaive. Yeah. And then it seemingly is kind of unimportant. Even in our epic finale, which we'll get to in a little bit, the glaive only plays a fairly small part. It essentially cuts a hole in a door. That's the biggest thing the glaive does for him. For well, the no, the it kills the beast. That's not what finishes him off. Well, though. it's what, yeah. It gets, but that's what I mean. It's true. like, it's a cool ass. Like, I wanted to see him use that every scene of the movie. Or the fire. I mean. Like, how about when know. the waitress is trying to strangle him, right? The waitress is like, I'm supposed to betray you, but I fell in love with you in one hour. He's supposed to be like, cool, click, and batarang her ass with the glaive. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. If you have this awesome, it's on the poster. It's the one thing I've never seen Kroll, but I knew what the glaive was, right? It's exactly, the most iconic yeah. image of this fucking movie. And to me, it felt kind of like a throwaway. It's so and I actually think the glaive is kind of cool. I like the bond, right? That it's a we- a living weapon almost that you have to bond with. 
And then again, another cool Star Wars moment when he hits the beast with it and he's trying to pull it back with the Jedi Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the beast is yeah, I was like, fucking use it, man. Jedis have lightsaber. You have the glaive. Use that shit more. I, I, that's what I wanted. Well, but also, it's not really a glaive. But anyways, that's just the, well, right. the, D&D, <laughs> the D&D nerd in me. Um, yeah, this is your <laughs> renaissance sword fighting reenactment. But anytime there's a weapon that has blades in it. What is an actual glaive? A glaive is a spear with a sword on the end of it, basically. It's like a long spear. Wait, aren't all spears just long sticks with swords on the end of them? Well, but a glaive has an actual sword. A spear normally has a point. Uh, glaive has. Oh, I I know which so you can, weapon you're you talking can cut about. With, okay, you can yeah. cut with the blade, not just stab. Or, uh, right. Glaive. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's it. I hate this movie now. Yeah. Well, to- my disbelief is unsuspended. <laughs> <laughs> Kids like it, you know. Kids like the glaive. Yeah. Oh, one of my other favorite things. Uh, Amy was watching this with me for a minute. She got surprisingly into this one. Amy liked it, which I it would does. Never it grabs you. It grabs you like halfway through, and you're like, oh, this is actually pretty she- good. Yeah, she just was like, this is fucking fun and funny. She loved it. Yeah. Like, she really actually quite enjoyed it. Well, the- But she, she she saw the prince come on, who I thought looks like Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And she goes, is that Bam Margera? Oh, true. It does look like Bam <laughs> Margera. she came in like 20 minutes. She missed like the whole opening. Yeah. And she came in in the questing, like, gathering our band phase. Yeah. And she was like, is that Bam Margera? I was like, yes, this is the world's oldest <laughs> fantasy jackass. <laughs> it looks like him, though. That's a good point. <laughs> I thought it was like uh, uh, Patrick Swayze a little bit too. Yeah, he wishes. Yeah. Dude, did you see? <laughs> no, I, you saw that dude's abs, right? When they were healing him. Oh, sick abs! But he's got sick. like Nancy boy uh, dancer abs. He's a warrior. Like, those don't look like those don't look like warrior abs to me. Never trust a warrior, Griff. They don't make good husbands. <laughs> they make good bad husbands. I know now. Unless you get captured, <laughs> then they're the best husbands to have because they'll come get you. Yeah, I okay so. That's a, that's a good segue because she we cut to in the inside of the Black Fortress is some of my favorite stuff in the movie. The sets yeah. are so fucking awesome. Her trapped in that eyeball set was so fucking cool. Yeah, all, I fucking love that eyeball. All set. the beast sets were cool. I thought. Right. Well, here's a question. I mean, all the right? sets were cool. Honestly, do you think she thought for any minute about selling out to the beast? Hell no, dude. Hell no. You think she truly loves him? I think that was her character. I think that was her character, man. Like she truly loved this dude. And, like, even when the Beast became his form, it, you could tell it wasn't just, like, a physical attraction. She actually liked the dude, even though there's only, like, seven people on the planet. So That's true. See, I always find it hard to accept a fair maiden myth. I don't believe that people are out there just, like, opining all the time like that. I'm always like, where does the rubber hit the road and, like, the, the betrayal starts, right? When does it get Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I wouldn't betray you mean, he also he you like mean gave you, her a good dress. He had like this dope castle that's way better than her castle. It's just full of her dead but prisoner guard sons. Also, it didn't make much sense. At least like Thanos is a humanoid looking dude, and he could theoretically bang a human. But this beast thing. What, what is that? Wait a sec. What? Why are we talking about Th- who's Thanos banging? Well, I'm just thinking of like aliens that conquer the galaxy and this beast thing is supposedly an alien that conquers the galaxy and somehow it, well, you're assuming that this the these race of crawls is that what they're called is the planet crawl no the planets crawl dude these this is okay so you're 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 thinking these crawlinese yeah are humans no no, no 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 they might not be no well the crawls are uh, a humanoid creature that lives on another planet right but this thing the beast has arms and legs yeah but it's like 20, and he can 20 also feet morph off. dude like, how big do you think his, uh, you know, nether region area is 
if he's probably as big as he wants it to be. Like, remember when he turns into little Cumberbatch Prince with the red eyes? I know, but you think he'd like that? It'd be like if you turned into a dog and had sex okay, with other but dogs. This is what I mean. Well, I I mean, I don't know. We don't live in a world where that's even a reality. You're trying to put me in an uncomfortable situation <laughs> saying that so I want to put a dog, if, which is not but true. Dude, dude, that's absolutely no, thing, not true. The thing is, if you were a dog, though, dude, would you do it? See, yeah, you're trying to put your fucking earthly boundaries and rules on me to make me look ridiculous. But in the world of Kroll, we don't know what's happening. I feel like their rules are similar, though. I mean, it, maybe I think I mean they have Cyclopses, beast, Slayer worm things. They've got spider people. Maybe they just have people can have live that in forever. Europe. Who knows what their sexual worlds are like? Maybe that's just how it is over there. You know. Here's my thing, though, right? The the warriors make bad husbands. All right, so now you've got this classy already ruler. Might even rule more than one planet. No, he definitely does. He definitely does. He can be yeah. He can be the classier version of the man you love. Yeah, but dude, that'd be like marrying. Uh... Saddam Hussein, like, he rules planets, but he destroys them in the process. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your analogy game is strong today. It's hard to argue <laughs> that. <laughs> it is. Like, why would you? Like, I don't think she was ever tempted, honestly, to go back. I mean, my thing is she's marrying what seems like an awesome for dude. money and political power. Why not jump it up? But, yeah, it's the same thing with all these stories, though. Because here's the thing. They never even consummated their marriage. No, How they, many no, times they did. these people even known each other? They did. They, they did the fire thing, remember? Oh, yeah, that's how they consummate marriage. So she can't cheat on him then. See, that was that was another thing. I wanted her to be like a warlock. Yeah. I thought that'd be cool if she had some kind of ability. It was the 80s, though, dude. Women couldn't have abilities. <laughs> they didn't have that yet. Only Sigourney could be powerful in the 80s and Red Sonia. Yeah. No, I mean, she that's is true. powerful, though, in a way. Like, if you're right, if she's literally looking at the beast and she's like, you yeah. know what, man? Fuck you. I'm waiting for my, my true well, love. Well, she's the mother of the person who's going to rule the galaxy. She's not afraid of shit. And whether it be the Beast's baby or this dude's baby, that's the question. Do you think she knows the prophecy before she does of it? Of course she does. That's The Beast knows. Uh, why do you think the Beast, so why do you think the beast grabbed her, dude? The Beast wants to be the father of the baby that rules the universe. Or he wants to stop her from mating. But I don't think that's the case because he would have just killed her, right? Yeah, that's true. So I think he wants or to Or like be... you said, maybe... But see, this is the other thing. A guy like that, if he breeds this kid who's going to take over the galaxy, then it's coming for him. Yeah, but he can... Sh- so I don't he think can train the kid. Because then it's like the... he'd know he would be supplanted. No, it's like the people that have lions as pets and shit. You think you can control them. <laughs> you think you for can the, control For the record, them. anyone who has, like, big game cats they're gonna... and chimpanzees <laughs> and shit as pets, yeah. they're never going to breed someone who's a ruler. Ever. Ever. Gene pool too shallow. <laughs> I don't. I guess there's I don't no know. one who has pets like that that are like if you have a snake for a pet, the chance of you breeding a world leader are zero to me. Yeah. <laughs> Although that's who knows now? True. Nowadays anything fucking goes. Maybe that's going to actually become a qualification in the future. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we're at the start of Kroll. Do you ever think of that? Well, that's one of the things it says in an alternate universe, a thousand years from now or whatever. So it's like it could be yeah. the same planet. I don't know. Holy shit! But- Trump could be the beast. Trump just never dies. He gets bigger and darker and <laughs> slimier. Bigger, darker, loses the little bit of that hair. <laughs> oh, my God. But you know he would never shapeshift in anyone except for himself. <laughs> he would come back as himself, but with Tom That's, Cruise's hair. I, I could just see he that. He would be too I, powerful. I could see that scene. Trump's like, Do you, I can be anything you want me to be. It's just Trump. And then it's just him. Like, old, fat him. He's like, he's like this, this, yes. He's like, wait, I, did I read that wrong? I thought for sure this is what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting all right oh man yeah so so okay so we got her in the the black fortress which is just fucking awesome scenery mixed with the the 
the score of this yeah. movie. So many of the scenery, the scenery uh, in set piece become so fucking epic. Here, the other thing I loved about this movie they they cast such a good band of adventurers. Yeah, I agree with that. I loved I loved the old one. He was good. Uh, the band of criminals who were just kind of fighting for their freedom at a point. They actually had Robbie Coltrane, who goes on to be Hagrid, very young and, uh, you know, kind of sexually on the prowl, Liam Neeson. Yeah, uh, he looked good. The guy who's the leader of the band, I recognize him from yeah, other I know. movies. He was really good T- in that. Torek. Yeah. Yeah, Torek. I mean, all the actors are so fucking good. The guy who plays the Hill Sorcerer, though, is the star of the movie to me. The Hill Sorcerer? Oh, Ergo, yeah. Yeah, because he comes and he's like, I'm Ergo the Magnificent. Yeah. He's like, what is it? Short in stature, tall in power, narrow in focus of mission. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just funny because, like, Hunter loved it, right? So it's funny for kids and adults. He kind of turns into animals. He's trying to be a powerful wizard, but he always has his, like, disheveled notes. Yeah. And the old one's like, the hill people can't do damage. He's awesome. But the scene, he's so funny in the movie. I loved him, right? But there's a scene when we see this, the, the Emerald Seer, right, gets murdered. Yeah. He's replaced and buried in the, the quicksand. And... He's asking about wishes. What would you wish for? And the seer's little apprentice is like, I would just wish for one puppy. And he's like, what a stupid wish. If you're going to wish, go for it. Wish for a million. The next scene, and this didn't dawn on me till a minute or two in, he transformed into a puppy just so that kid could fucking carry him. Yeah. And I was like, that is such like a fucking nice little moment. Because they don't play it off as this big fucking like, look what he's doing right now. But, like, the little dog wanders past the prince, and the prince just fucking smiles, right? He gets it, and that's what clued me in, like, oh, shit, that's why he's doing it. But yeah. it's, just, it's a really fucking good character. The characters are really fucking awesome in this movie. Well, they, um, they seem almost really too good for a, a little bit, though. I feel like that was one of my gripes with it a little bit was, like, Liam Neeson's crew. They're all sacrificing themselves now. I get it. They're, like, trying to protect the planet, but. They're- well, they're going to die anyways. And if they win, they get their freedom. That's true. And he is the ruler of the, the kingdom, so. Right, I mean, he unshackles them, but also, right? so dude, he gives him a shot. But also, looking at this from another perspective, a dude that's wearing a medallion comes to a pass and says, I'm the new king of this planet. And they're like, okay, we'll go with you. Like, He's got the dancer abs. Only a prince could have that. <laughs> and he's got that necklace. The rest of them are all grizzled. <laughs> but before that day, he was basically just a prince on another kingdom. So... <laughs> I took this necklace off my dead father, yeah. parents. I found this necklace. So I'm in charge. Actually, the old guy took it, so I guess he would be king. But I'll I'll be the king right now. That's true. Why didn't the old guy just be whatever? Anyway, oh, he can't mate with the girl. It was fun probably. though. But I like. I mean, there was a second there where I thought they were gonna waste the cyclops, right? Because the first time we see him, he's just in the trees, and then uh, the hill sorcerer runs away. Yeah, and we don't see him again for a while. And I was like. Did they just show me a soulful-ass Cyclops, and we're not going to talk about that anymore? No, he's awesome. The Cyclops comes in, and he's the fucking best character in the movie. He is fucking astoundingly cool in this movie. Yeah. He has an awesome fucking spear. They have a great mythology of the Cyclopses gave up an eye so they can see the future. Yeah, they, but only their own deaths. They made a deal with the which beast. Which makes his sacrifice so fucking badass in the end. Yeah. Oh, he's so fucking cool. There might not be a more metal scene in any movie ever. Because there's this weird moment where the the old man dies of exhaustion from no, doing see, CrossFit yeah, on a spider web. I didn't understand why he died, but whatever. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you've lived this long and one CrossFit session killed uh, you. I didn't get, like, the And sand. he's also like, I served my purpose. I'm like, you could probably still help. <laughs> yeah, get up, old man. And then, yeah, and then they catch these fire mares because now they have the location. They got to go to the Black Fortress. And the Cyclops just like, sorry, I can't go on this one. I was like, what? 
what the hell? You just took two of the best characters out for no well, reason. Well, because he's going to die. He knows he's going to die. Right, but I was like, what a waste. Show that motherfucker's death on screen. He's so cool. Yeah. He's kind of noble, right? He spears uh, all these people that are trying to kill him. He's very... He's kind of the the super powerful big brother watcher type. Yeah. But then, so they catch these nightmares, right? Which are super cool, or firemares. Firemares, yeah. So there's this great scene of them all pretending to ride horses as, like, the whole world goes by, right? And they're riding these fiery horses. Awesome visual. But that's not even half as cool as they're on the mountain, and they're all kind of stuck. The ship's about to take off or, or teleport. And the Cyclops comes in with this spear in the air, riding that fucking horse. Yeah. And I was like metal i mean that's just the most metal scene i was like that gif could just be my backdrop for my computer at all times (laughs) it's the greatest scene it's the greatest toss away scene in movie history to me right now well i mean he saves their life at that moment oh he just he runs through lasers he's like follow me but then he gets squashed by the door well no he that one hurt me he lets himself because you know because basically they made a deal with the beast and if they deny their time of death they will die in a super painful way and that was his painful way Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, he holds the door open, right? It's very, again, Richard Donner. Or not This isn't Richard Donner, never mind. But it's very Goonies, right? It's Sloth holding the rock, like, I'll let you guys in. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you probably could have killed two or three of the people at the end, and you would have been more help in the subsequent fight. But he would have died even cool. more painfully. So Yeah, but I was like, but I, li- I like your heart, man. I like your heart and your one eye. You did good, Cyclops. What I was wondering, he, though, if they killed the Beast. It was all worth it. What if It's all worth it for that one shot. What if they would have <laughs> killed the Beast, though? Do you think he would have lived? That's what I was wondering. I was like, what, why couldn't he just hide in a corner until they kill the Beast and then the curse could be broken? Mm. But I don't know. I was maybe Just because with the Beast he can see his own death doesn't mean that the Beast is in control of the death, probably. Well, I think the Beast is... Uh... The fates, the fates have in store different things for all of us, right? Like whoever's in charge of the prophecy, right? The higher powers that give us prophecies and this and that, they're probably the ones who are responsible for when we die. I don't know. They made the deal with the beast, though. The beast is in control of their destiny, sort of. Because in Greek mythology, right, it's the three old sisters that cut the string or whatnot. Yeah. Or is that, is that, that's Greeks, I think. That is Greek. But yeah, so I'm like, I don't know who, who's in charge of the death. But maybe, yeah, maybe if he had lived a little longer. You think he should have just sat in that field and been like, come on, guys, come on. <laughs> no, I think he should have got crushed because that was awesome. But that was just me. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man, that's that's the hard part, though. That's where people just start dropping like flies, man, when they're at that uh, at the, <laughs> the storming of the castle. That's where uh, yeah, everyone Hagrid, starts Mario dying. dies. Yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson just gets shot like a punk in that scene. Yep. Oh, Dude, the craziest one was when the walls come in with those spikes. I, oh, yeah. yeah I, that was so... Because I was like, what's happening? Whenever they pick up the knife, that's when the spikes come? I couldn't figure that it's out. It's like it knows their like, own. Whatever the trap is, that one guy who gets just horribly impaled on the ground, he's causing the spikes to go further. No, I think the beast is. It's just when uh, when uh, Colwyn throws the glaive into the beast's heart, the spikes stop. Oh, see, I thought it was that guy trying to pick up the dagger. No, no, no. He's trying to get his. I was like, is this? I don't know why they greed in his small criminal mind is. Causing no, that? I don't know why they had the, the dagger. Was just to, I think, to get him to move into a position where he could die, and the other two people could live. I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was a weird thing. Yeah, because I don't think the dagger yeah. was significant at all. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like it now. Yeah. Um. What else? We kind of skipped over a bunch of shit here in the middle. Uh, the Emerald Seer was all right. That was okay. You know. Not a not a great moment to me, but the, well, the the widow of the web was fantastic. 
the, that is a really cool set piece. It has like the big Harryhausen kind of claymation spider, which I dug. Yeah. But dude, this this is also one of the craziest segments of the movie. Because he's going there and he's like, what's up? I used to love you, Yanissa, or whatever her name is, right? It's the And then they no, do, the, her, they do so, the Donna Justice. No, the, where they're like, her name is Yanissa too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a Martha moment. Well, it's a mirror image. She, way back he's when. Colwyn as an old man and she's uh, what could happen to Alyssa. Right. But this is what's fucked up, right? We find out that he's like, I have responsibilities. I had to leave. We have no idea what they are. Apparently, it's just to get older. Right, we don't know what his responsibilities are to the world. When he leaves, she's still harboring his child that she never tells him about, and then fucking murders. Yeah, I know it's pretty dark. And because she fucking murders him, she's essentially encased in this tomb with the spider. I was like, "What the fuck? This got really yeah. out of control." Well, it seems straight out of Greek they, mythology, <laughs> you know? Right. Well, they tell uh, what's his name, Ymir the Old, and he's just like, "Girl, I already forgave you." Don't even worry. I was like, well, you didn't even have a hesitation. <laughs> when she turns like, young. I, was, I yeah. wasn't going to be a papa anyways. It's all right. He's like, ooh, gross. And then she turns young and he's like, oh, it's okay. I forgive you. Oh, my God. I mean, it's probably one of the worst, like, we all have bad exes. And you're that. that's what Facebook's for, to check in on your exes and make sure they're doing horribly in life. Yeah. This is like the ultimate visual <laughs> representation of the... Wow, my ex has really let herself go. This is horrendous. <laughs> and she's a baby murderer. <laughs> they didn't say how she murdered the baby either. She's hanging out with spiders too. You know You know what I liked? I wanted the spider to be the baby. I thought that would have been a cool twist. That would have been weird. I don't know. Too weird? Well, and then the spider gets to consume his mother. It just has a baby head and it's like, hey, dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fly. Hey, <laughs> and instead it's like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I got to get out of here. Where's that sand? And I didn't get the I didn't get the sand I didn't get the sand at all but whatever I like that he just holds it up like it's sand <laughs> yeah. well the spider's probably like dude I've got like fifty eyes I don't want to get sand in my eyes that you think that's what it was it's gonna get blood sported <laughs> it's like how could that spider not catch that sixty year old man you know because he's crossfitting <laughs> actually he's all of his last crossfit powers that's what made his heart he's explode. probably like six hundred years old I don't know how old people are in this world you know yeah that's true he's got to be really old he's got to be really old if he knows the cyclops that's true. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're that old, you probably shouldn't be crossfitting. Like, that's that's a good lesson to learn. <laughs> so basically... But that that was, like, a really cool scene with, like, a lot of kind of heavy, dark stuff that just kind of gets thrown away. Well, and the whole point for that scene is... We didn't mention it before, but the one of the coolest things I thought about the movie was... And it kind of goes back to some D&D campaigns and stuff. I've heard of shit like this before, but the castle moves, or the spaceship, technically, moves... Every day at dawn to a new location, which I thought was really badass because it's like, how are you even going to find it? But somehow this yeah, no, this widow knows cool, right? where it's going to be somehow, even though she's in a cave with nothing, not even like a television. She's just sitting there. You do think because we see the Slayers are pretty badass and they pop up in a great little swamp. Dude, that battle was awesome too. Yeah, it was so good. But that's what I mean. It's like so we've seen them be pretty badass. You thought the first directive that this guy would do is like. Hey, we should hunt down all the mystical dudes and murder them. <laughs> like, don't go kill the wedding. Go kill all the mystical dudes so they'll never find my fortress. Then we'll handle. They'll still yeah. only have five guards at the castle. Well, I mean, the only thing I can think is the beast didn't know about the widow or he was afraid. I don't know if those spiders could kill other things, but I don't know. You know, I mean, if he sends 50 guys, they get 50 shots. You think they could take it down with that? They each get one shot. <laughs> and then they're at the mercy of CrossFit. 
<laughs> then they have to climb. <laughs> they have to climb across the webs. Ah! Which I th- oh man, no! What a great death it would be though to see the Slayer's armor ripped and then the little larva caught in the web. Ree, ree! <laughs> oh, There's no man. place for it actual to go, yeah. bugs. Yeah, <laughs> my escape mechanism has truly backfired this time. <laughs> Dude, and this was uh, this was back in the time where every movie had quicksand in it. Remember? Yeah, the obligatory quicksand, <laughs> yeah. but the quicksand was used really cool. It was in this awesome. One. Yeah. When it starts to shake and you think it's going to be a monster and the seer's body comes out, that was a very cool scene. The uh, Yeah, they introduced the changeling. So the beast has changelings under his uh, employee, I guess, and they just go around pretending to be other people. Yeah, well, it's kind of weird because we see him take over the Slayer, and then there's a scene when they go to find the Widow of the Web where just for no reason that's explained to us, there's just waitresses in the woods. No, no, no. So, yeah, you missed an awesome part of that then because Liam Neeson's character has multiple wives all across the kingdom. And so he called. Is that what that? He, yeah, dude. He's gonna, he's the most badass dude in this world. And he he calls up one of his. What what world is Liam Neeson not <laughs> the most badass man in? He them? calls up. But no, because I remember he's like, "Come on, baby, she's not even pretty." And I was like, "Why is he already like having to defend himself <laughs> yeah, against these?" Because he has he has like seven wives. They said. Oh, so he's const- he's funny. constantly trying to like hide them from each other. <laughs> <laughs> and now he liked that other girl. So. Yeah, but that's the thing. That was a cool scene too, because. She, that's when the beast is like, look, he's going to betray you. And you're expecting some, uh, you know, maybe like a fake kiss or something. You think the beast would have a better plan. Yeah. But the waitress is just like, in one hour, I've been smitten by your dancer's body. No. I don't, <laughs> see, I don't think that's exactly what happened. I think uh, her words were something like, uh, I don't want to take away, because she wants to be in love too. And she's like, I don't want to take away from you what I could never have. See, I thought it was in the hour I've known you, I have loved you. I thought that's what she said. You think maybe she, said, she loves the idea. Of yeah, that. she she wants him to be with the girl, so she doesn't want to kill him. She's like, I will betray my master, and he is my master. Please remember me or whatever, and then she disintegrates. I thought that was an right. epic, awesome scene. <laughs> I was like, this... No, that was, it just, that's what I mean. This movie has really good fantasy. She reminded it's, me... It's one of the best fantasy movies I've ever seen. I can't believe I had missed it. Well, and she's also like what Alyssa, or Alyssa could have become. Like, he she would become a slave to the beast. And that goes to show you that he doesn't really control their minds. Like she still was independent in a way. Right. Well, that's when what's her name? Lissa's is like, you are the one who's been had yeah. betrayed. That was a cool scene. I like that a yeah, lot. Exactly. Um, we get to the final showdown, right? This is where to save the boy, the sorcerer actually turns into a tiger. Now that was badass. Yeah, Finally. Right. Uh, we finally get to use the glaive and all he uses it for is to cut a hole in the door. The giant beast appears. He throws the glaive and it just kind of hits him in the chest. That's about the extent of the fight. Yeah. So I was like, wow, the beast really went down like a bit of a bitch. <laughs> and then he's trying to Jedi mind trick the glaive back. I was like, it's not coming to him. Again, it was something I was like, well, what's the reasoning for that? Like, give me something with that. Why can't he have the glaive back? So I was a little confused. But then we have uh, the, the re-showdown, right? So they're running away. This is one of my favorite little lines in the movie. They're running. They're trying to escape. They see blood on the floor. He touches the blood and goes, oh, my God, that's the wizard. <laughs> and he just touches blood and knows exactly who it is. What? I don't remember so that they run and, Yeah, they, that's when they run and go save the, the hill wizard who transforms into the tiger. Oh. He just bends down and touches blood. And he's like, it's obviously this one guy, even though 10 of my friends have just been murdered. <laughs> so now they have the whole band together. They're trying to escape the tower that's collapsing. And uh, the beast returns, glaive in his chest. And this is one of the 
kind of weirder moments, but cool. So they build this giant fantasy weapon, right? The glaive. But then the way they defeat them is through the power of their marriage. The power of love. So they're like, yeah, it's like, hey, remember the the fire thing we did? That's not just, you know, a ritual. It's a fucking hand (laughs) flamethrower. Which explains why they're going to rule the galaxy. It makes sense. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, why didn't you use that power earlier? You didn't know about it. You should have done that. (laughs) She she didn't have time to explain it to him. They got attacked. And also, I was like, but the wife had the fire. Why didn't she just kill the fucking beast in the first five minutes? Once again, dude, it's it's the 80s. Once again, you know. That's right. She wouldn't be much of a damsel in distress if she was over there fucking everyone up with fire. But you could have (laughs) gone. This could have been like a 10-minute short film where he captures her, and then she goes all carry on the Black Fortress. You captured the wrong motherfucker. Right, but I, I I don't know if I loved it, but it's it's hard for me to ever not enjoy a flamethrower in any movie. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wanted the glaive to be the mystical weapon, but it's kind of cool that their bond is what ends up defeating the beast, uh, and not just in a figurative sense. That was kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good ending. Yeah, and the other thing I like is that it just... It just ends right they get out of the fortress and that's it they're all just kind of sitting there and that's the end of the movie i was like thank god like they didn't return to the king us you know where they kept just doing more and more and more they're like we already did a fucking flamethrower and the glaive and the cyclops like what else do you want it's over go home yeah no lord of the rings no lord of the rings endings (laughs) yeah i didn't need to see like old ass ergo and you know uh, bam margera touching chest as they're about to get on a riverboat or whatever (laughs) Like just in the movie. That's all the story they had. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know, man. In the end, I I thought this was just a really fun sci-fi movie. It's very weird to me that they added the sci-fi element in, but it's so so sporadic and so sparse that it never gets in the way of the awesome fantasy, right? It's got the classic band of adventurers. It's got a great villain. It has amazing sets. It has one of the best fucking scores of any movie I've ever seen. The end of the day, it's just fucking fun. It's like this is the movie that myself as a young boy would have just my head would have exploded yeah, with how much I loved it. Sucks it sucks you didn't see it. I can't it. believe yeah. I missed it. it. Sucks you didn't see it back then, but but I saw it now and that's all that now, matters. It was and it's still good, sort of. And <laughs> do you still love it as much as you did? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like watching both these movies, I was like, man, I kind of wish I wouldn't have. Not that you know your listeners really? shouldn't rewatch these, but. <laughs> What a great plug for the I show. <laughs> it's just, it seems so much more epic when I was a kid, but I think a lot of it has to do with, with, yeah, like the high fantasy, like the fact that it was made sci-fi. I don't know. I think it was based. Because that's the thing. There aren't very many high fantasy movies that I can think of, especially from that era when we were kids, that reached the level of this movie. Right, as far as quality of cast, sets, story. But surprise you know, everything about this movie is really fucking cool. And there there weren't a lot of good fantasies like that. They hit that level to me but in our generation. Sadly, I think this movie was popular. Like it did not do very well. It uh it only made sixteen point five million uh in the box office in America. And it cost over fifty million to make. Right, but th- I mean we're we're in an age now where Rotten Tomatoes and box office scores matter a lot. Yeah. What I would look at is that this movie still has a big following. Like you said, it's become a cult classic. They need people still go back and saw it. My three year old son loved this movie. Yeah. 
So Kroll will still carry on for another generation. Or, I mean, I... Perhaps Kroll is the fucking baby of prophecy that will rule cinema. <laughs> Maybe someday down the road, this will be the only movie Well, see, that I think watch. they should redo it and make it into a series or something, on like sci-fi. I think that would be awesome. Like a crawl. Wow, you want to see a whole show out of it? Or at least maybe like a, a couple movies made. I feel like you could make, to try to establish, because I kind of want to know more about the world. Like, I want to see a big kingdom. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it was due to just the time it was made. They didn't have, even though they put $50 million in this movie. I don't, well, the sets are amazing. The, it's probably all the sets. huge. Like, that first castle room yeah. is, is really big. Like, when they enter the giant door and then the wedding hall. Like, you know, they had a castle. They had a real castle they decked out. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what was left. I would like to see more with the Cyclops. I like the hill people. I think that would be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, I enjoyed the world of it. They really created a very fun sci-fi world to play in. Yeah. I don't know that it could be more epic, but I'd watch it. And I tried to look up the the dude that did the production design was named uh, Stephen B. Grimes. And he sadly died in 88, so not too long after this movie was made. But he was a... production designer and like he did urban cowboy and james bond he did a couple james bond movies i think nice but uh yeah i i he didn't get to live long enough to see that this became yeah a <laughs> sadly but i think this was like maybe his heart was broken that he got the best prop ever in the glaive and they didn't use it enough or just dude his sets were just amazing like all those things inside oh, of yeah. the castle were crazy cool it was like yeah, an old I mean, art. Even the swamp set looks awesome. Like every everything they did in this movie visually is amazing to me. Yeah, and it was shot. It's one of those where, yeah, unlike like Lady Hawk is very kind of sparse and minimum. This one really trans. Like this is much higher fantasy, right? This isn't trying to to be much more than just a fun adventure through a fantasy world. Yeah, Lady Hawk was more of like a gothic, Catholic type story, medieval. Yeah, it's story. more Shakespearean yeah, 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 to me. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. But yeah, so that's it for Kroll, guys. Check it out. Let us know what we missed, anything you loved about it. Uh, remember, this is a double feature, so you can immediately listen to Lady Hawk 2. We hope you guys will watch both of these. Um, as always, please subscribe, rate, review, share the pod with a friend. That's the best way you can help us. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. From the Film Alchemist, this is part one of our first double feature uh, program by Sam Price. Thanks, Sam, for Kroll. It was fantastic. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. All right. Stay around. We're going to do one more Lady Hawk next.